Hey, welcome to the Business High Podcast, a podcast for small businesses, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. Today, we are going to be talking about a lot of awesome stuff, so let's go on ahead and roll intro. Okay, Happy New Year! Happy uh, New Year's. Thank God, 2020 is over! And now, since it's a new month, a new year, everything's going to change. <laughs> everything's going to change. Completely different than last Completely year. Completely <laughs> different. We're new people. We're new, new people. people. I yeah. feel like a new person. Do you, you feel you got that? Exactly the same. We, we both have our, our mala beads yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're like, you started meditating. Yeah, I've been meditating every day. That's right. I'm on uh, day 28 straight. That is amazing. I didn't even realize you were meditating. Yeah, I've been meditating every much. single morning. Wow. As soon as I wake up. I've realized I have to do it the first thing I wake up or I won't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where have I been? I don't even like, um, I, I kind of just, I've been, on, I've been I traveling work. a lot. I live at work now. Yeah. And I've been, I've traveled for work the yeah. last two weeks and then. Oh yeah, you have. Yeah. And then I was in Pittsburgh and yeah, I've been all yeah. over. Are you allowed to talk about your travel? Is yeah. That, is that, that's not like confidential. Is it confidential? Yeah, it should is. We, should we stop talking? Have I said yeah. too much already? No, no, no. You're fine. Okay. Okay. I'm not. Okay. I'll just, I'll stop there then. Yeah. So good. Good new year. Um, it's been a couple of months since we have, um, ran the podcast, but for good reason. Um, I got swamped with school became, you know, really, really intimidated with the school schedule. Um, finances really was macroeconomics. Yeah. It, yeah. If I'm going to be, if I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't know if that means that's okay. That's just world world. Economy, it, I guess. Yeah, it was it was global global business. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was really fascinating, but by the end of it, I was pretty much creating like I started creating a um, like a, a mobile phone app uh, where if you moved certain levers or indicators or world events, then it would adjust the global markets and it would show you. and And I realized I got to this point where I was like, I'm doing this so that other kids who don't understand macroeconomics who are taking this class. I say kid, you know, I'm like 30 years old, but still, uh, that's how my mindset is. And I got to that point. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to pass this final and, and live the rest of my life. <laughs> that, that was probably a good decision. It's <laughs> a good decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you, they should probably learn it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> it did actually help. It really, really, yes. There are so many things that can adjust the markets and i <sighs> Let's not talk about it. I'm just glad to have survived. Really. I'm glad you're done with that. Yeah. On to the next semester. Yes. Yes. So next how semester starts next week. How much longer do you got? I have six more months left. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. Um, yeah, it's not too bad. And, you know, with Troopster, we've got uh, a couple of proposals. Actually, I don't even think we haven't been on here in so long that I didn't even bring up the big commerce proposal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you able to talk about that? I think so. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> I think so. Uh, back in September, we, oh, so the current platform that we're on um, just was having a lot of problems. We, I'll just say it, we were on Shopify, right? Yeah. And for five years, Shopify was awesome. Um, it's, it's, a leading e-commerce platform. For a good reason. Good reason. Yep. It's so easy to use, like drag and drop templates, all of these great website builders. Yeah. If you don't have a very complicated e-commerce, like Shopify is perfect. It's a one yeah. size fits all. But the problem with that is as soon as you start going into uh, very niche categories that you require, 
then you're gonna you're gonna outgrow it. Right, and that's the problem that we had was that there's so many sides to Troopster. It's not just sending personalized care packages, but we have like an adopt a unit program. We have um, all of these subscription based models. Um, we hold different events nationwide, so we have like an event so calendar. So many facets. So many facets. And they all need to be connected through one store. Right, right. And so the way Shopify works is it's built on apps. So if you need an event calendar, then that's an app. And, and, and they're all pre-built. They plug and play, yep, super easy plug to and do. play, right. I'm, I'm not knocking it at but, all. But for us, we needed so many apps that it slowed our site speed down just yeah, and that's what I was saying. If you have a, a complicated business, it literally doesn't work. It, it, your, yeah. your, your site speed is going to be so slow, and then they, they won't help you at all. Right. Like, they're just, yeah. since they're a one-size-fits-all, they literally don't want to help anybody on anything. Pretty much. So yeah, they, if you're not in their one-size-fits-all, then you're not their ideal customer, and they're not worried about you. Right. Oh, yeah. Like, I, we begged them. Yeah. Um, worked with Shopify, what they call Shopify experts. They made it worse. Yeah. We hired their experts. But to be fair, all an expert, a Shopify expert is, is just someone who's certified that they work with, they know how to work on Shopify platforms. Right. It doesn't actually mean they work for Shopify. Right. Yeah. So they created uh, duplicates of our pages of our, like hundreds so and hundreds. So many problems. So many, it became, yeah, it became so many problems. Um, and I eventually did, did what I, what I do after I really try and connect with the company, um, I reached out to their top competitor. <laughs> and yeah. asked, you know, I sent them a proposal, very formal proposal. We worked on it for like two months um, and tried to figure out how we could be beneficial, you know, across the board. So if they could help us in developing the perfect Troopster website, then we can do cross promotional branding for them. Right. And I was really excited that a couple of days before Christmas, they said yes. So that's, that's been, that's kind of one of the big things that we're working on. Yeah. I think it's, uh, if it, if it happens, it will be fantastic. I think it, it could I'm actually, stoked. I'm so excited. Yeah, I think it could change Troopster. It's the next step that you need. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope so. I hope so. I, you know, I, I keep knocking on wood. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been living at the office trying to get a lot of proposals done now that, um, school has been out for, you know, the past like three, three, four weeks. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and so I've just been living at the office trying to get as many other proposals. COVID? I don't think so. <laughs> you can't cough. No, 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 no. It's 2021, but you still can't cough in public. Okay. It's, it's still real taboo. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. It's not COVID. I have been tested like every week for William and Mary. <laughs> they, they test us so much. I still haven't <laughs> taken a single test. Not a single one. No. Huh? Oh my gosh. I've, I've done like 10. <laughs> but I've been a recluse pretty much since uh, the start of the pandemic. I've uh, I work from home now, so right. I I don't even really leave the house anymore, but to go to the gym and to go grocery shopping. Yeah, that's fair. I I think if, I really like it. Right, <laughs> it's but, like the perfect lifestyle for me. Yeah, if I mean between the two of us, it would probably be me giving it to you. Yeah, if, absolutely. Yeah, no, but I've t I'm good. I'm good. I've tested. I just my throat's a little dry. I've been drinking coffee, <laughs> so. Um, so here's what I want to talk to you about today, though. That's that's our little catch up. So we're all cut up. Yay. Um, coaching. You and I have been working lately with some executive coaches. 
I just want to talk about that. Yeah, a bit absolutely. About the, the differences that it's been making. So go ahead. Tell us about your coach. So I've been working with a sales coach and she is amazing. She's really, really smart. And and that's the biggest thing is having like confidence that the person that's teaching you is smarter than you. Yeah, that, <laughs> because you're right. if you start, <laughs> if you start feeling like ah, I know more than you, then you, you're going to lose respect for them and you're not going to listen to them. But I truly believe this lady is definitely much smarter than me. She's been doing it a lot longer. So I've just been trying to soak everything up. And I think one of the biggest things that has pushed me forward is learning on my own and then coming to her with problems that I find as opposed yes. to just letting her try to teach me everything like she's my like she's my teacher or something. She's a coach, not a teacher, so Yeah, I thought coaches were were like that though. That they don't they're not counselors that you are supposed to use them only when you pretty much need them. I mean, her job at, at least right now was she was put in charge of me to teach me how to do my job because they they hired me knowing I didn't know this position, but knowing that I'm really good at learning anything that's put in front of me. So she was actually put there to essentially teach me how to do my job. And I took the, the uh, time to just go on my own and learn the job and ask her questions. And she was very impressed with how much prep work I do for meetings and all these things. But that being said, I think it really, it pays off because I'm able to get more in detail, the, the, the nitty gritty of what she knows, because I don't want someone teaching me the basics that I could learn from a blog right. from some other expert that's writing blogs on this stuff. So using her as the, the, as a guide, as opposed to a teacher really has been beneficial. I've been learning so much and teaching me like the nuances of, of things as opposed to the general ideas. Right. Yeah. That's, that's funny. That's how I feel my coaches as well. Um, now we, we're in very fortunate positions where Travis, uh, his company is paying for his coach and William and Mary is paying for mine. So yeah, yeah th- this is, I mean, normally executive coaches are pretty, very, very expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> like, yeah. If you're getting a very qualified one. Right. Right. Um, yeah. And, and it was the same. So for us, they had, you know, like 15 candidates, they had them all record a video on YouTube. Um, and then we all, you know, got like their curriculum vitae, right? So, so we were able to see and pick who we wanted. And uh, the lady that I chose, she's, it, it's the same thing. I, I pretty much schedule a time with her um, every, I would say every six weeks, I schedule a time. And I just talk with her about whatever the big role that's taking place in Troopster, something that I really need help uh, guidance, mentorship, figuring out. And she's so knowledgeable. She's just, she's so smart. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. feels good having someone that you, you truly trust. Yeah. I kind of like that third party as well. Someone who's yeah. removed, who doesn't know all of your friends or know all of your other mentors or you people. You don't feel like you're gossiping to them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. They're, yeah. they're there to help and to guide. And she gives me, you know, reading material. She, she really helps me with the, the adult behavior stuff. Like, like she just... She gives me a lot of insight. And by adult behavior, you mean like coaching your team and right. running a, a group of people, managing. Managing, right. Yeah, yeah because that is not, uh, that's that's not one of my skills. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think that I'm a good leader, but I'm not a good manager. And there is definitely a difference. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I would agree with that. I've seen your leadership styles. You you do pull people because you lead from the front. People want to follow you, but you're not good at managing interpersonal relationships and things like that. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm so big picture that it, it gives me a, I have a really tough time with the minutiae or the, or more of them like myopic view with people. Yeah, but that's, that's where word. you're, yeah. <laughs> thank, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but you're good at that. Yeah. And that, yeah. that, I'm not as good at the the big big picture. I I sometimes struggle to pull back and see everything, but I'm really good at managing relationships and people. Yeah, definitely one of my skills. Yeah. So different coaches. So I know mine is an executive coach. Mine specifically, she she was a lawyer, um, and then she became a coach, and now she works predominantly with people in the C-suite. So she helps them to fill that C-suite role. And then yours is specifically sales. Yeah, mine is just, she runs a sales consulting firm. She's the uh, she's the owner and she she's very qualified to do it. Right. And uh, it's been immensely helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, what, normally, I mean, I've never, I had never looked up a coach before. Um, I don't think it ever even really crossed my mind. No, me neither. No, because it's just, I guess normally I'm getting bombarded so much by so many people, you know? Well, and the way we're using it, I think is very useful because, okay, so we're, we're a very small company, right? So my boss is a, is a, like a VP. He's a, he's a, almost a C-suite level person, but he's the only one in that department. Mm -hmm. So he's teaching me and that's taking time away from big picture things whenever he shouldn't have to be teaching someone under him. So she's kind of that that gap, that stop gap, so I don't have to bother him when he's doing actual deals that affect the company's future. So he hired out to teach even him, so he, he doesn't know everything, obviously. She's going to be a lot more up-to-date on certain things because she's always learning. That's her job is to oh, learn right. and consult. Yeah. So she's going to be more up-to-date on certain techniques or what's working, all the things that you don't really want to have to go out and find yourself. So she even consults with him and he, he, he doesn't have to teach me stuff now. He sends it over to her. She's kind of our go between. So we're not bothering each other. Right. Right. And it's been a really good relationship and we have some new employees coming on and now I'm going to be teaching them what she's taught me and it just goes down from there. You know, actually something very similar. So my coach works with William and Mary and works with, um, one of, one of the, the doctors who's part of the program who teaches organizational behavior. And it, um, <clears throat> before we started meeting, we started working on goals. You know, what, what is the goal out of this? And mine was a better understanding of how organizations work and being able to develop that inner culture. And it's, it's just, it's been great because she has been that go between, between myself and um, the professor at William and Mary. So they're all uh, helping us. Yeah. To, co- to collectively do this. I feel like we're two, uh, we're two young kids just learning, I know, the, that's, learning that the ropes. Is, I feel like that no matter how old I get. Yeah. To be honest with you. I mean, the older I get, the more I realize I know nothing. Exactly. <laughs> right. I, I know nothing. Which it's a good, it's a good thing to be self-aware. Because then you don't let your ego get in the way and you you let, you know that people know more than you. Absolutely. Well, I mean, and that's, that's what helps to really build a strong team in my mind 
Yeah. Because I've got I've got individuals who are very aware that they don't know anything. And so they're they're comfortable asking for help. They're comfortable reaching out to others. And it's such a good trait if you're not always trying to impress people with what you know, but you're willing to say, you know what, I don't know that answer, but I'm going to find out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, and that's even more impressive whenever somebody just, they're, they admit their flaws. It's, right. it's very impressive. Leadership notices it. Everyone notices that kind of stuff. It's It's just... No one wants to know it all. No one wants to know it all. Unless you're a know it all that actually knows it all. Right. But yeah. You just, better be really yeah, good. That, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. So I, I think that outside of this, I don't know if I'm going to pay for an executive coach. Um, really? I, yeah. You know, just, well, but I'm a penny binger. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't like spending money on anything. Do you think you will? I think this is a temporary stopgap for us and I don't think it's going to be a long-term thing. So no, I don't think I'll hire one either. Mm -hmm. I think what will replace the sales consultant is probably a mentor. I'm going to try to find a mentor that we connect with on a personal level and I'm not paying them for their advice. They're just mentoring me and they, you know, that, that, mentor mentee relationship. I completely agree with that. Um, I think, you know, that I'm, I'm a, big proponent of having mentors and, and also being a mentor yourself for others. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're right. I've got a mentor who worked with me on actually how to manage people. I have a mentor who helps me um, specifically in the accounting finance, trying to get my mind um, into the position, you know, to how to do pitches on a very specific level of that front. And then I also have mentors as far as um, like the executive director piece for, for running a nonprofit. So you can have mentors, multiple mentors. It doesn't have to be a one-stop shop. Yeah. Yeah. I don't necessarily think I'm going to get multiple mentors. Oh. What? Sorry. I, I just looked at my watch cause it, I remembered I'm actually mentoring someone today uh, at one. Oh really? So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We the- were just talking about this. <laughs> we were the other day you, you said you had someone who, who wanted your mentorship and you were contemplating like do i have enough time right and i think i i pushed you over the wall and was like you need to give back all the time be yourself and yeah because i know you always have but sometimes we get so wrapped up in what we got going on that we're not we close our walls and we're no longer right we we don't want to help people right well i had already agreed i'd already agreed to it um and scheduled this yeah um but i was i was worried yeah (laughs) yeah yeah because it's just been it's been nonstop. i mean i worked through christmas um i pretty much slept no i did i slept at the office um, yeah the two days before christmas so (laughs) yeah yeah. we're we're a little bit of workaholics a little bit (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but i'm uh, you know with how 2020 went i'm glad that we had jobs to be able to do it. Exactly. Like I'm very thankful oh of my, my position and I don't want to squander any opportunities. Not at I all. Have. No, I've been listening, you know, there's, there's different, uh, like the New York times did, they have this podcast called the daily and they did one episode recently where it was like looking into the different lives of, of people around the nation. Um, uh, what affected by the pandemic? Yeah. Who were affected by it. Um, and you kind of forget you whenever, if it's not affecting you. You're in a bubble. Yeah, you're in a bubble, right. My room is my bubble. My office, yeah, my is. home office is my bubble. <laughs> yeah. 
No, that's so true. I, I don't even consider, I, I find myself having to step back and, and really appreciate and have gratitude for the things I do have, because sometimes I forget, like there's people out there that literally lost a job and yeah. have, can't make their house payment. And now they're in their house right now. And luckily the government's not letting them be evicted. Right. But once this is over, they're going to have so much back rent or back mortgage. That right. Cause not that's be still, that is still tallying up exactly. and it's coming on with interest. So, so when their monthly, you know, rent or mortgage was like, let's say, let's say it was a thousand dollars. Now it's up to like $12,000 and they could afford the $1,000 payment when they had a job. And now they can't afford a $12,000 payment. You know, it's funny. We were, we were watching the, uh, the minimalists came out with a new documentary on Netflix on the first Yep. and we were just watching this and, and Dave Ramsey was on there and. I know you oh don't, gosh. you don't like him, but he just, he irks me. Some, I know some but, of the things he says. Yeah. Yeah. He, he rubs people the wrong way. I get that. He, he's right. And I, I understand his logic. Like I'm, yeah. I totally get it. And, and what I was going to say is he talks about this all the time. If you follow his steps, you will never run into a situation sure. like the coronavirus affecting you. And, and the biggest thing is you really need to live below your means. And that's what we don't do in America. No, we just, we think having enough savings to pay for one or two months of your house is enough, but that's really still living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're not able to pay, you know, six months of your rent, then you probably shouldn't live there. That's the way he talks. And, and I appreciate it. <laughs> if you can't buy a car in cash, you shouldn't buy it. Right. But, but it's also that, I mean, that's really tough. It is like, I, I get it because it's those, it's those small things, those, those little Amazon purchases they add that up. make you, well, they add up, but I mean, I've been in the situation before where like you're, you're working so much day in, day out to, to make ends meet. And those little purchases make you so happy. Like it makes you feel as though you are more a part of society. That's very interesting. I guess if if you guys don't know this, I follow minimalism very, very hard. And I try to not buy things, <laughs> really. That's like, I, I just don't want to buy things. So it actually gives me the opposite feeling when I buy something on Amazon. I almost feel like, I'm going against my own morals or something. What are you buying? Yeah, like I only buy things that I really need. Yeah, but I have to really justify something for me to be able to say, I'm going to buy this. I have to like say, is there another way? Is there something I already own that I can, I can use? Is there something at Goodwill or, or somewhere that's been donated that I could go buy? Uh, Goodwill. Let's not talk about them. They've, <laughs> they've bothered me lately. Was that? They're <sighs> all right. So, um, we are in whatever whatever the class, what the stage where you should be able to try things on, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That. I gotcha. Yes. And for some reason here, they, they will not allow you to try things on and you cannot return things. I'm a big proponent of Goodwill as well. I completely agree with you. Yeah, I um, mean, you're, you started pay, me on a lot of yeah, this. Yeah, don't pay $500 for a shirt. If you can find pretty much the same shirt, but... Yeah, nobody cares. Yes. People do not care I know what that you there's wear. There's a stigma around Goodwill, but I promise you, if you go to a Goodwill in a really nice part of town, that is a good small business hack. 
If you yeah. no, it really is. It really is. Like if you're looking for really nice clothes to try and set off um, the the right idea for interviews or for networking, go to a Goodwill in a really good part of town. You are gonna find designer clothes there that have barely been used. Yeah, and there's other stuff you can find there for for maybe your office, like furniture Absolutely. and all these different things where you you don't have to waste your right. company's money. Yes, as well. Like yeah. it, there's so many options. You just because we just consume in this country. Absolutely. Like there, there are some things obviously that I, that I don't get from Goodwill. I have a tough time with shoes there. Yeah, I don't um, get my underwear from there. I don't get my underwear <laughs> <laughs> from, from Goodwill. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think pretty much all of my shirts and I have, I yeah, have, you have a lot of nice shirts. Yeah. Like New York and company and Ann Taylor and just all I have, I've, I love everything that I wear and I got it from Goodwill. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I, but that's what I'm saying. I, I try to justify all my purchases before I buy them. So I don't get that same rush from Amazon because yeah. it's so thought out that it's like no longer just a fun little click. Oh yeah. <laughs> but with all that said, this, this all came from stemmed from the people being affected by coronavirus and, and it should just really open everybody's eyes up to, I think it has yeah. It's definitely impacted how supply chains work. Oh my God. Yes, it has. <laughs> like, Being in the supply chain industry, oh, I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think automation, oh man, my company is just going, to, it's going to be huge because the coronavirus really has pushed people and made them realize like you need to have contingencies when people get sick or if people aren't able to leave their house or if you can't have people working in close proximity because that's how a supply chain works. You have a ton of warehouse workers working side by side. That's right. So, not if you have robots. Not if you have robots. Robots are cool. But companies, even the robotic companies, are learning that they they shouldn't be designing these pieces of robotic equipment that can't be updated or replaced. They become giant paperweights in, in three years because they're outdated. So they're learning that like companies are leasing robots now. You don't have to even buy the That's robot. Smart. It's It's so genius. But companies are getting on board in the supply chain world of how the rest of the technology sector works. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they're, they're leasing a robot five years ago was unheard of. Now you can go out and lease your entire fleet. And with a company like SVT, you're able to integrate new robotics so quickly and easily that there's no risk just leasing this robot and then getting a new one in a year because you just get a new license and it automatically connects. <laughs> I love this stuff. Yeah. Man, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so cool. It is. I just love the idea, idea that basically we're moving in, in a more autonomous, better workflow for our supply chains. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, sorry, I was just, I was kind of daydreaming a little bit. Yeah. Um, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was thinking about, um, pardon my take, how pardon my take has those weird random intermissions in there you know how they do the oh gosh the like the wrapping it's not really wrapping are you talking about their segments where yeah. they do like the the fastest two minutes yes yes like that? and i was yeah. just trying to think part of, of my how... take is a is a sports <laughs> podcast by the way they're, they're all mainly football right but yeah they they sum up every week in football in the most ridiculously hilarious way <laughs> i was thinking of how we could do that with like robots and how we could sum up our week and your week of working we're not doing the fastest <laughs> two minutes <laughs> well, i'm not creative enough sorry <laughs> maybe, maybe we can start well i'm sure they plan them they do they i do. mean that's what we should do 
<laughs> Not like we don't have enough to do already. Right. But that Just could be really fun. You always wanted to be a rapper, right? <laughs> Back in my younger days. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I don't know. That could that could be kind of fun. <laughs> so actually, let's go on ahead and take a quick break. Um so that we can roll an ad and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. You just said something. Oh, she just wants me to compliment her on air. <laughs> I just said, where, how did you know when to stop for the ad? That was like perfect timing. And I'm just that good. She just likes hearing that, <laughs> even if it's from herself. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, I mean, when you're when you're an entrepreneur, sometimes all you have is yourself. That's Motivating fair. yourself. <laughs> A hard life. It was really a hard life. Do you know how many? Heck, I just had someone told tell me no um, with a proposal this past week, and it was like a hard no. Oh, that was a rough meeting. Oh my god, and they we were. Oh, I was in that meeting with god, you. God, they slapped me so hard with a no. My grandmother felt it. It was <laughs> awful. Yeah. So, so me and Chelsea really don't take meetings anymore together because we work for two separate companies. Yep. But we were working on a, a dual proposal, <laughs> and boy, did he say no. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? But the other thing was that um, I was—he uh, he moved the meeting. He moved the meeting, and I prepare for these things as if it's a pitch. So I practice things over and over and over again. I know exactly what I'm going to say. I have slides prepared. And since time is not on our side ever, no. we usually both of us we both do this. We prepare right before the meeting, whether it's 15 minutes before or an hour before. You're preparing right before the meeting because you need it to be fresh. And right. you, you, you just need to, and I'm working on so many proposals that it's better if I do, I usually, I usually, you're right. Take about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. So the problem was he was like, Hey, I'm, I'm free now. I was out for a run and I had to turn around and come back home. And I just like threw on a hat and a different t-shirt and, and jumped on the meeting, but I wasn't prepared at all. I yeah. like, I just wrote this blog, uh, a, a week or two ago about, being prepared. I So we have some new employees coming on and I'm going to be training them. So I wrote this blog post on how to be successful in, in this company. And number one was like, be prepared for your meetings. Ooh. Yeah. Like don't show up on time and all these things. It's kind of funny because I was not prepared at all. I was not prepared. I mean, I, I had a, a slide, you know, for him, but I was, I was still working on how I was going to perfectly deliver everything. And this was for, this was for a warehouse management system. Um, for Troopster and working with SVT as well. And oh my God, he, he, he was like, nope, eventually uh, you're going to have to do such and such and such. And you're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. And it was just like very uh, <laughs> <Real> standoffish <condescending. laughs> and yeah. yeah, rude. Honestly, I was yeah. like, wow, this guy's kind of not very nice. Yeah. But I mean, I've had, I've had those before you, when you're seriously, when you're a small business, when you're a startup, when you're an especially entrepreneur, a you're going to hear it a lot. Yeah. Especially because people don't want to part with their money or their services Not at all in no way, which I just, I guess because I'm, I'm so in tune with how nonprofits work. I'm so surprised that companies that offer a service that costs them nothing right. to let you use wouldn't just let you use it. I guess I, I don't, I don't see it. It's not like you having more users on your platform hurts your platform. Right. So can you explain that to me? Why um, Why do companies that offer services, digital services, I, and I understand like, yeah, their value is in their service. I right. get that. But this is definitely a good way to flip this around. Um, and it's it's why I, I actually, I don't get upset 
anymore. Whenever you hear no, don't get upset. Just move on. Really, you're going to save yourself so much heartache. And I've heard no so many times I just want to know why. Yeah. So the way I see their position is that they don't know us, right? And even if they are giving, if even if they do donate that service, it still is going to cost them time and money and honestly a little bit of effort. And right now with where they are, because they're kind of a small business too, that could be detrimental to their growth. They, they do not know if we would be a good bet. And so they have to play it very close to the glove. They have to, to place their bets on sure things. I guess I just don't see how it's... Well, that's because you know us. You, you know our company. You understand what we were offering. But if you see it from, from get, their side... I guess I see it. They, because I've, I've said no to other companies. I've said no to small businesses, you know, who, who were coming and asking for something. And I just couldn't... I couldn't see a big enough leap for it to be an investment on Troopster's end. I get that. I, yeah. I guess I understand that. I just... Right. I keep looking at it as a technology where they can just say... I do think I'm a lot nicer at saying that, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think... You don't break people's hearts. I I mean, I don't think that I do. I Well, maybe for financial advisors, but that... Yeah, I know with, with that company specifically, there's onboarding, which does cost them money because right. they have to, to have people do that. Yeah. So I get why that company wouldn't. Yeah, and normally there's a configuration for like the racks. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot more than that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into trans transitioning to a new WMS. So. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. But I, I just meant for more of businesses, say like an Adobe. Let, let's say Adobe... Uh, all they have to do is say your account has access. They have no setup. They have no time invested. Why wouldn't a company like that? I'm not saying Adobe specifically because I know they do give ridiculous However, discounts. However, Adobe, if you would like to uh, contact us and <laughs> be interested in a partnership, please, please feel free to reach out. Yeah, but I mean, like a company <laughs> like that, what what harm or like why wouldn't they just give it away for free if you ask? Well, so companies like Adobe, they get solicited okay. hundreds of smaller, times every day. Let's say a smaller company. I'm trying to... That's, but that's the problem is that there are quirks no matter what size company you are. Because even when you start getting to that middle stage, which is really where they were, um, they, they have to make calculated decisions as well because they're also getting solicited constantly. So you, in, in any business, no matter what size you are, you have to think strategically. So you just can't give it away. You can't give it away. No, I mean, the, I, I, I do. I completely understand it. When I first launched, I, did, I couldn't understand. I could never see from their side. But now I've been in that position where we've, we've grown enough to the point to where we've been on the other end, and I get it. You just, you cannot, this has kind of been an ethos the, lately, but it really is just business and the growth of your company, and you just can't take it personally. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a piece of advice for anybody listening. Anyone, yeah. Because that that translates to everything you do from college to work to after like after work activities. Absolutely. It's not personal. Do not take and if you need to meditate on this, actually meditation helps. Yeah, it to, really to does. To be honest. <laughs> well, because you're you're looking at yourself. Right. When you meditate, you're really like you're trying to get You're taking yourself a, out of it. Yeah. You're trying to get an actual view. You're trying to have an awakened view instead of this personal, like, why yeah. me you're view. You're removing the ego. 
Yes. From yeah, if if you want to okay, go into yeah, a little a, bit of that's Buddhist, that's much better. <laughs> yeah. Removing the ego, and that that's right. why it's so helpful in business, and I found it immensely helpful because I don't look at anything like why would they do this to me. Right. I'm looking at it like this helps the company this way. Right. Like it's not about me. It's how is this pushing forward the business? Absolutely, and that's how you need to look at it, no matter which side you're on. Because I have had those days where I've kind of felt like the bad guy. And I mean, sometimes you're the defender for your company. That's, that's you. Don't, don't look at it in a personal way. Yeah. So is there any books on like Buddhism in business? I don't know. <laughs> that's a good. If anybody knows of any, please let me know. Yeah, I'm, please, please reach out because I'm not sure. I don't know, but that's a very interesting. Yeah. I think it could be a very good book. Well, okay, let me think. So I know that, um, let's see, I know that um, some places like Diamond Way Buddhism yeah. is a Western take on Buddhism. So yeah. it, it, it's there to help you in Western culture to still be successful and still have your job while also practicing Buddhism. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if there's a book about it. Ooh, yeah, listeners, please, if you know of a book, if please not, reach I'm going to write one. So, <laughs> <Are you? laughs> I mean, I think it's so useful, and yeah. I just wish more people would know it. And like, I've been, I, I've been trying to push this on like everybody, all my family, <laughs> who I think it would help, because a lot of people are just so unaware of their own actions and how their ego is affecting their life. Right. They they keep this why me mentality is just, it's sad. It makes me sad for them because they don't realize it's not about them and that people aren't doing things to them. They're not. Right. It's. Yeah. It has nothing to do with you. You know, I kind of, and this is probably because, okay, this is going to probably start sounding religious, but um, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I, I guess I see very Buddhist principles in books like The Go-Giver which has yes. nothing to do no, with Buddhism. That's a great book. That's a great book. I, that is actually my all-time favorite business. I actually, one of my I agree. favorite business books. It is my, it, it's top, it's top my list. It yeah. is my number one favorite business book. Yeah. Just, I've read a lot of business books. <laughs> being, yeah, being very customer-centric. Well, lately you've been especially doing it because you've been doing the 75 hard. Yes. Oh, that's another, that's another new thing. Yeah, that is a new ah, one. Ah, there we go. So... I don't know if you guys ever heard of a 75 hard, but it's essentially this guy, Andy Frazella. He has his own podcast. And basically the idea is you have to do these. There's like six tasks that you have to do every single day for 75 days straight. And I can run through them real quick. It's really simple. Drink a gallon of water, exercise two times a day for 45 minutes. One of those exercises has to be outdoors, which is really difficult because if it's crappy outside, you still got to go. Uh, you have to read a read 10 pages of a nonfiction book every day, which that's the one we're talking about right now. And that has turned into a much, it, it's transitioned my mind so much because you don't just read 10 pages. Like once you start, and I think that was the point, once you start reading those 10 pages, you want to kind of keep going. So I've transitioned to reading all the time now and not, not fiction, not for fun. It's just like you're learning right. and then you get so much, fulfillment fulfillment out of learning and, and growing so i've been doing that for the last i don't know probably two months i'm only on day 10 right now because i failed I and it was to, a stupid fail yeah i forgot so to bad. drink like maybe a quarter cup of water <laughs> like it, it was a, a fourth of a cup maybe and it's all about integrity because it's just personal integrity i could have just acted like i i drank it like I, no one would have known nobody is tracking me 
but I would know. Yeah, so. my, my loophole mind. I just started trying to find all of the loopholes. Yeah, and that's the point <laughs> of this is that that's like one of the, the main mantras of this program is no compromises. That's the title, no compromises. So if it says 45 minutes, that doesn't mean 44 minutes. If you go 44 minutes on that on one of those exercises, you lose. Right. You, you start over. And that's the thing. It's not about losing almost. It's more of starting over. You just start over. You failed. It's okay. Keep going. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what the mindset of it is. And it's ch- changed my whole whole mind on everything. Right. You just keep starting over. Yeah. Yeah. They never. There's no finish line. That's the best way to describe it. There's no finish line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I'm. It's been very impressive. Really. Thank you've, you. You've stolen half my books. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading them now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you've you've opened my eyes up to a lot of the books you already read. Right. I really like it because I don't have to go out and buy new ones. Yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you you take them um, very differently than I do, but I think that's just our mindsets. Um, I'm very ADHD. Uh, you're you're very um, thoughtful, and you take take time. And I'm like, oh, that was really good, and then I I speed off. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It, it's one of those things where it wasn't meant to help me in business, but it's helped me so immensely like Mm -hmm. that. I want people to know about it. I know it seems really like impossible, but I have a friend doing it with me and she's, I'm so impressed. Yeah. She's changed her life too. It's amazing. I'm really impressed with her. Like I really am. Yeah. And the thing is, it's not a fitness challenge. Most people think it is because there's two exercises in it Mm -hmm. and drinking water, but really it's a mindset challenge. It's proving to you that, you can deal with boredom. You could deal with monotony. You just have to keep pushing. Right. Because I tell you on day, I got up to day 45. And when you're on day 45, there's no cheat meals either, by the way. That's another one of the rules. (laughs) No cheat meals. Mm -hmm. So you never get a break from the monotony of eating the same boring diet over and over because you have to stick to a diet. Also one of the rules. So you... you, And it can be any diet. Any any diet diet that you choose. But... Whatever the diet is. You can't have anything that is deemed unhealthy by like a like a society standard almost, but like processed foods, no fast foods, nothing bad for you. Right. Can't be a part of your diet. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it teaches you to just keep pushing. When you're on day 45 and you're like, why am I even doing this? You just have to remember, you're just, you're doing it to make your mind tough. Whenever right. you say, why am I doing it? That's why you're doing it. You're doing it so you can push past that. Right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's impressive in your reading. Um, very, very impressive. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but so um, I don't know about the, the Buddhism business book, so I yeah. would be curious about that. But yeah, The Go-Giver, I actually just recently gave um, my, my copy away um, to, to someone that I'm, I'm really uh, hoping will be a mentor for me, someone I'm really excited to talk to uh, actually this upcoming week, and I, I sent them that book for Christmas. I would love to be able to one day have enough money to afford just a box of that book <laughs> and just give them away yeah. to people whenever. Because it's funny, Joe Rogan used to do that with uh, The War of Art. Oh, yeah. Because he believes so heavily in that book. It's mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's a great book, apparently. I've never read it. I need to. But yeah, he, he'd just give it away to people, anybody who's like into art or anything where they're creative. Yeah. Because it said, he it got him past his like... Uh, the, the mindset that there's writer's block and there's things like that. Oh yeah. Yes. That's the book that talks about there's yes. no such thing as writer's block. Right. Yeah. You know, you and I were talking about this, um, a couple of weeks ago when I 
first sent in my first draft. So that's another new thing. That's another new thing. Oh my gosh, we've really got to stop taking breaks. I know. (laughs) It's just been so busy. Right. Um, Yes. So for a couple of years now, I have really been wanting to write my story of how I founded Troopster. And it's a lot more than, you know, my mom sent me a box and I realized there was there was no online service. Um, it really started all the way back from when I was in boot camp. And every little piece, either a deployment that I was on or someone that I met in the military, it's just I I personally grew so much in the military that it all of these confluence of events led to Troopster. It wasn't this one aha moment. It was a buildup of all of these different occasions and peoples and the spider web of, of events that led to it. And so I'm, I'm trying to write that. And I found someone uh, who I'm really hoping will be my editor. And I, I sent them the first draft and they've gone back first to me. First draft of the whole book? No, the first chapter. First, <laughs> first draft of the first chapter. <laughs> it's really, well, it's, uh, yeah, I, I will say it, it is it is tough. Um, I didn't have so much the writer's block. It's more along the lines of, I, I read so many books by so many amazing authors and I can't imagine myself being among them of, of writing in such an amazing way that I was in my own, I was in my own way. <laughs> just and like that, I, Stephen I, King like I and Laura you, Hillenbrand, you know, you don't, need just... to, you don't need to be <laughs> comparing yourself to anybody else. Compare yourself to yourself. Yeah. You're a better writer than you were a year ago. <laughs> like you're a better person than you were a year ago. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I think it's important to not compare yourself because you'll never be, you're well, never going to be a Stephen King. Yeah. Like he's a, he's a generational talent. Right. It's just, he has dedicated his entire life doing that crap. Right, right. You don't, you don't even it's want true. to dedicate your whole life to that. Yeah. Well, plus I just don't think that I could do as much cocaine. Just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, he's an amazing writer. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to that about writers being self-destructive, creatives being self-destructive. Yeah. And helping their craft. But I actually think it's more along the lines of it's one of those things that you tell yourself to get past something that's not there in the first place. Like writer's block. You tell yourself, I need to do drugs to get past the writer's block. But the writer's block <laughs> was never there. Yeah. It's just a mindset. Right. Um, no, I, I, I agree. I do. I do actually agree with you. Because um, once I sat down and started writing, then it was the end of the day and I had, you know, like, Darn near 20 pages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's good. I read it. I think it's really good. And your potential editor also said it was very <gasps> good. I was so excited when he said that. Yeah. He, he said that there could be some smooth, smoother transitions, um, but that he said it was far from boring. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah. So so I think, I mean, that should be what motivates you. <laughs> I'm motivated. You, you need to keep going. You're right. I actually, I need to write today. I've got... Um, I've got this mentorship, what I'm really excited about. I love mentoring. I love other, one day I want to be an investor, okay? I want to be that person who can invest $2 million into a startup. I want that because I love hearing other small businesses and other startups and helping them. You know what would be interesting? And I just thought of this on the spot. What? Uh, (laughs) I feel like using both of our, what we both want to do together and how I would do this is you're the investor and I'm like the mentor. 
like an interpersonal kind of mentor uh -huh. in that person that you're investing in. So I could be like a consultant for them yeah. right after you invest in them. Right. Well, that'd be interesting. But I also like the mentorship piece. Yeah. Yes. See, you like the leadership and I like the management. Oh, yeah, see I see. I, mean? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like a one two yeah. punch kind of thing. Right. Like you can you can mentor like their their CEOs and I'm mentoring their middle management. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, that. it could be fun. I oh really gosh. like helping. Now that's people. a full time job. Like oh, we're, yeah, we're starting that, that's a whole other company. That's idea. what I was saying. Is like <laughs> once we're to that point where you're right, investing, right. that will be your full time job. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like <laughs> that'll be what you do. I just yeah, I love it. Maybe in forty years. Well, and and this person, their idea, um, so they've they've essentially been running this program for two years um, without a business license, without <laughs> without a business model, um, and it's just kind of developed. And now they're to that point where they've realized that they have a business, they have a I market. Think that's one of the best businesses to have. Yeah, absolutely. One that you never relied on right. or <laughs> right. you weren't struggling to get started. It just happened. <laughs> it just happened. Um, there's Man, a lot she has of a step up on yeah. so many small yeah, businesses. Yeah, right. Um, and so we're, we're, I had given her some homework and we're working on the business plan today. We're working on her uh, competitors on what the total addressable market is. Um, and then we're also going to start laying out what are the steps that she needs to actually turn this into a business. So business license. This is going to be so successful, uh, I think. Do you want to be a corporation? Do you want to be a B Corp, C Corp, S Corp? There's so many of those. Uh, LLC. <laughs> like, the fact that you can, you essentially have a business that you didn't mean to start. Yeah. That just means you have traction already. Right. Like, and she does. That's, yeah. that's so She does great. have some traction. She's got, she's got a long road ahead of her. Does she? So, absolutely. Absolutely. Just because of the market, um, it's highly saturated. Uh, which is always a problem cutting but isn't through. isn't she doing something that is drastically different than everybody else though it is unique exactly is, so well, it's not saturated in that no, sense. no because right? it is still very saturated because you you have to convince other people why it's unique and that's a challenge uh, when okay because people okay so th this is a gym but it's not exactly a gym so let's just let's start with that um from from the outside, that is all people are going to see. It's another gem. That's it. I see. Right. And so her marketing, her pitches, everything is going to have to be so fine-tuned. That every um, word matters. And Honestly, and she's almost going to need like guerrilla word-of-mouth marketing because standard marketing is just going to look like a gem. It, she's going she's gonna to need to rely on referrals. That's so on, Yeah. Uh, it's so but I think it works gonna because be I will challenge. say one industry that has still boomed in guerrilla marketing or word of mouth marketing is the fitness industry because yeah. anytime somebody is starting to change their life, they want to talk about it. That's true. That's true. How do you know someone does CrossFit? They'll tell you. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but that's CrossFit. <laughs> they but that, will always tell you. I think that's anybody who finds something really interesting <laughs> in, in personal growth. I just thought of something else new that happened. What's that? I fractured my foot. Oh yeah. <laughs> because yeah, that, I haven't been able to work out. Yeah. It's been killing me. <laughs> yeah, that that's not fun. Yeah, we we had this big holiday event back in November. Um, out of the blue, so glad it happened. Um, really saved us. And we sent uh, over 4,000 care packages. Um, by the way, we've sent over almost 9,000 care packages this year. And overall, we've sent over 21,000. That number still blows me, blows me away. Yeah. Yeah. Compared to what, last year? How oh, many? my gosh. Last year, we sent about 5,000. Holy shit. We, d we have grown 
year yeah, that's over incredible. year. incredible. Yeah. So hyper growth, really, really excited about it. But we held this event at this former grocery store and I had rented a U-Haul. I was moving pallets by myself uh, because of COVID. You know, we, we didn't have the volunteer workforce that we normally do. Um, and I'm moving these pallets by myself in and out of this loading bay. Now, loading bays, normally you have tractor trailer semis, right? So I'm jumping in and out of the U-Haul really fast, and I fell. I fell off of the, uh, I fell off the loading bay, which is, that was pretty high. I mean, it was, it was uh, nine feet, something like that, eight feet. No, no, that was like six foot. It was nope. about six or seven foot. Way, That's still really it high. Was way, it was higher. <laughs> <laughs> you also think that everybody over six foot is like seven foot. You don't understand heights very well. <laughs> I'm not really going to trust tall. your judgment. I, I was there. It was about six foot, which is a hell of a, that's a hell of a drop to us. Like that's still a. Yeah. Well, so, so I fell, but I landed on my feet, right? So I landed perfectly on my feet, um, kept moving, didn't think about it. Event goes, goes by, um, and it kind of hurt. But it really didn't hurt, hurt until I went golfing. And by the 18th hole, I was waiting for that little guy, you know, in the cart that brings you alcohol. I, I pretty much like bought a bottle of vodka because he didn't have Advil. Advil. <laughs> like, I was in so much pain. Um, and you had told me that it was a bunion. Yeah. I mean, it sounded like one. <laughs> it was like... on. It's, you, you broke the joint. Yeah. Like you, you broke right where the joint is. So it, I've had, I've had a bunion and it's the exact same pain. Oh my like God. to a T it sounds. So I put this bunion thing on my foot, right? And I use well, a spacer, spacer, like a spacer in between yeah. her big toe. And oh the, my gosh. And it, and it hurts so much. And Travis was like, yeah, you just, just walk through the pain. Um, um, you should not listen to me. Oh my God. Well, and it was around the time where you said, yeah, it'll, it'll hurt for about a year. That's when I decided to go to the doctor and they x-rayed my foot and they were like, oh, yeah, no, definitely not a bunion. Um, whoever told you that's an idiot. You have fractured your foot in two places. <laughs> listen, I told you to go to the doctors. <laughs> yeah. But you went to ask me. I'm going to listen. I don't go to the doctors. Never again. Fool me once. <laughs> but I recommend other people go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I fractured my foot and I haven't been able to work out which is another reason why I'm really excited to meet this girl that who, uh, that I'm mentoring because she is, she's a physical therapist. Um, that's how all of this kind of started for her business. And we're going to, we're going to also barter where she's going to help me get like my foot and my leg, you know, back up to speed. Um, which is great because I am not good at not working out. You know, the fact that you say barter, I think that's interesting. It's an interesting topic in itself because a lot of people don't realize in this day and age you can still barter. Oh yes, like in I, small I business never startup land, to, that's yeah. all. That's the only currency you have. Well, you have two forms of currency when you're a startup. Um, one is bartering services, using whatever the service or product that you have and trading that for some other product or service, right? Or the other thing is equity. You can barter the equity in your company, and you should Google that because that's a whole other topic. Yeah, but I think it's really interesting because you can essentially, like I was saying before, you can just give away your service if it if it doesn't cost you anything, right. or you, if it does cost you something, you can get something of equal return. Yes, right. And I just think it's interesting that you can barter small businesses. We barter. You're bartering all the time. your knowledge for someone else's business. Yeah, essentially, you're you're right. not even giving what your company has to offer. You're giving what you personally have to offer. Right. 
right? I'm going to help her turn this into a business and start making money. And in exchange, she's going to fix my foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> she's on board. Don't worry. We're, we've, we've already talked about it. Really, really good kid. So, all right, well, um, I have to get to this meeting, and I feel as though we have covered a lot today. It's great to get to catch up with all of you all in the new year, and so we will see you later.